Welcome to another episode of This Catholic Life. Conversations about life's ups and downs, big and small, how we deal with every situation imaginable, whatever life throws at us, but still manage to be sensible, practical, and joyful. It is New Year's Eve, or close enough to it. We're um, approaching the new year, and I have to say, before we get started, thank God that this one is over and we're moving on. <laughs> I'm your host, Peter Holmes, and today I'm joined by Ben. Hello, how are you? And Bishop Umbers. Good morning. And uh, it's New Year's Eve. Thank God 2020 has finally left us and uh, good and riddance. And I can't think of very many people who would be saying, hooray. Oh, sorry. I really missed that year. No, the, hooray. Well, the, the memes the memes would tell you, you <laughs> yes. know, like, what, what next sort of in the yeah. calendar month. Yes. Was, we're halfway through the year and people were saying, you know, alligators on speed. Yeah. Well, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember like, I remember seeing at the beginning of the year, there was a meme calendar going around because it, if you can remember all the way back to January, there was... Um, forest fires. fires. Forest fires here, and there was talk yeah, of bushfires in World Australia. We're not Americans. Sorry. Well, what they call <laughs> wildfires is forest fires. Is that Kiwi language, is it? Or? No, we would say forest fire in New Zealand, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I, look, I really don't know anymore. It's all one big jumble. So. <laughs> bushfires. Well, yeah, bushfires, and then there was um, some memes going around about a potential World War Three. Um, and all sorts of stuff. And I remember thinking this is going to be a weird year. The aliens invasion. Yep. The... Yep. All that. But there was actually, there was a meme the other day. You might have seen Bishop where something was saying, um, 2020 is the worst year of my life. So long, uh, 2020 was the, yeah, the so, worst year in history. So long as you haven't lived at any other point in human history. I was going to say. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's been, it's been very, very inconvenient. And I mean, I've lost an uncle and there's, to COVID, and there's been other many other situations where um, people have been uh, had losses. So we're not immune from that in Australia. But compared to the rest of the world, Australia has been in, in what's the word insulated from a lot of the damage. If you like, we're certainly nowhere near as bad as Europe or America or those places. But it's been a pain in the butt the whole year. I think yeah, I think that's the worst part of it for Australia. Um, anyone listening overseas will feel differently, but. For us, it's just sort of been a major inconvenience. All the yeah. COVID kilos. Yeah. Or, the, or yeah. I actually <laughs> said that. I went into the, the, the shop to buy, well, actually, this outfit, actually. And and she said, what size are you? I said, COVID size. <laughs> I, have to, I now have to buy a different pair of pants. But that's one of my New Year's resolutions, to uh, get back to my old size. And it'll probably work about as well as all my other resolutions. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder how many people this year are... Um, their resolution is to go back to the gym. That must be when they make all their money. Yeah. The gyms. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess so. New Year's, yeah. Fitness clothing brands, all January. It's, yeah. It's and you have the first six weeks of the gym when you're gold. actually there, yep. and then you have the six months when you, you think, I should <laughs> yeah, go. But there. it's all it's all about forming <laughs> habits. I mean, yes. spiritual retreats are the same. You know, when you're on retreat, oh, man, you, know, you are there with the apostles, Jesus and me, we are tight. Uh, and but you make the most ridiculous, ridiculous resolutions because you see ex what's wrong and you see what has to be done, but yes. you, you don't calculate just how hard it is to do very simple things. And that's about habits. I, th I think we also, you're absolutely right. We we don't take the context seriously because if I'm on a spiritual retreat or I'm on, or even with a bunch of Christian people who've, who've had a really good talk on New Year's, I love to do that on New Year's Eve, have a really good talk about life, the universe, everything, and you feel like you've got clarity about what it's called, what, needs to, what needs to change and you think it's not hard all i have to do is this one thing every day but then you 
you forget the fact that in the context, when you're actually in the situation, it, you've got all the other distractions, all the other pressures. It's so hard. I've got a cold this week. Oh, I'm just really tired. I don't want to get up. All of those things we don't take seriously. I think we think too too little about those things and how to overcome those kinds of barriers because we think they're silly. And well, that shouldn't stop me. Well, it kind of did all last year. So there's <laughs> a fair chance it's going to all of this year. So, yeah, yeah, a good dose of humility, yeah. I think, is, is what we all need. Let's be realistic. It's not easy to get up on a Sunday morning, some, you know, some weeks for me. I just, it doesn't matter. It seems like it's a spiritual attack, but every Sunday, you think, oh, get up. But once I'm there, I'm really, I really like the fact that we're being spiritually fed. And I love coming home for Sunday lunch with the family, but um, getting up's not easy. Well, sometimes having a friend involved can help a lot. Like, you, to go for a jog? Yeah. Yes, I could. Oh, I could. I mean, once when you're in the habit, you've got the, you know, I don't know, the the uh, dopamine or whatever it is is pushing you to it. But but it helps to have someone wait for you. So the same with, with getting into mass. Like, okay, I have the habit of going to yeah. holy mass. But for people who get back into the faith, it can actually be difficult to get to Sunday mass. Yep. But if they've got a friend who's going to have a cup of coffee with them after mass, then they won't miss because they can't let them down. I can say from experience that that's exactly right. Um, you start off with all this sort of energy and yes, I'm going to go to mass. It's going to be great. And then Sunday morning rolls around, you didn't set an alarm or anything. You're in the habit of sleeping till midday anyway. <laughs> I'm glad you can. Um, I, I really wish you, when you get older, so it's just- I, I'm going to just say I was, at, I was at uni at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But you, you know, you, you just wake up and me. Oh, I was meant to do that this morning. Yeah. I'll I'll do it next week. And it's really hard. <laughs> to... Probably, we Catholics have several options too. I mean, you don't. If we're in Sydney, you you know you only have to drive another couple of kilometres and you get to a different time of mass. And there's, I know that there's some friends of mine. I've never actually found this out, but that my friends of mine can name in Sydney where the last mass in Sydney is and what time it is in terms of a Sunday obligation. Yeah, yeah, it's Rand Randwick. Okay, there you go. Uh, about 10 p.m., I think it was. 10, 10.30 p.m. 10 p.m. Yeah. at Randwick. Catholic's last chance. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> people would, when I was a chaplain at University of New South Wales, and people would ring up, you know, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., oh, I've missed mass, I've missed mass, we were at the beach, and I don't know what to do, what to do, you know, father, father. Okay. Well, actually, you're in luck. <laughs> what? And they're like, yeah, Damn, you could still go. I should have called a few hours. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, look, I mean, the whole resolution thing, probably – Practically speaking, being realistic about how hard it is to keep up resolutions is is probably a good idea in, in the sense of I know I'm not great at exercising regularly. For me, it's not motivation because if I think about going for a run, I'll go. The problem is that I'm always distracted by other things. I'm constantly – because I'm not a person who relaxes. I'm always doing something and so I'm into something. And so I, my wife actually rings me during the day if I'm at work at about midday to say, remember to have your lunch. Because if she doesn't, I will just work through the day and get to four o'clock and go, why do I feel faint? What's going on? <laughs> and suddenly realize I haven't had lunch. Um, so yeah, it's just, a, for me, it's about setting alarms. I constantly set these obnoxious alarms for me to, to do the things I'm supposed to do. It's <laughs> awkward, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but the, well, the thing of alarms though, in, in some ways we need visual reminders, not yep. only the, yep. Uh, something that, that beeps in your pocket. But in a, in a certain sense, that comes from the some of the people that we hang out with. They yeah. can remind us. So even like dressed as a priest, yep. you're a visual reminder to a lot of people about the the eternal. Yes. So I have the problem. I live alone. Um, so I constantly forget to do most things. <laughs> um, and it'll be like this morning I was walking out 
on my way to go to the bus stop and remembered that the bin, the bins go out Sunday night, get collected Monday morning. So I went sprinting back to grab the bin and put it out. But the bigger the thing, the easier it is to forget. Yes. <laughs> so, so these sorts of things I'm constantly remembering two or three hours too late or, um, yeah. The waking up thing I haven't had a trouble with for a long time because I have kids. And uh, another I, thing that I yeah I struggle with again <laughs> living alone no children so I, I just there's just never ever a morning when I'm going to sleep in and in fact the one morning I can remember that I my wife and I went away for the first time I think in like first twelve years of our marriage we never had a night away we went away one night for the first time and we're twelve years married I woke up in a like in a panic because I couldn't hear any kids. I woke up and the sun was coming through and I was, what's going on? And then realized I was out, you know, we were at a B&B somewhere up in the hills and it was quite all right. But it was just, you're so used to the routine of getting up for kids constantly. Last night I was up for my daughter. Um, she had a nightmare. And so, you know, three o'clock in the morning, it's just a few calm, um, our fathers and off to bed again. <laughs> That's all just routine. <laughs> You probably have to get up and calm down Father Andrew's nightmares sometimes to you for <laughs> No, loud, you can hear the loud snoring. <laughs> Reassuring in a kind of a, a hacks, sorry, in a chainsaw way, yeah. All right, so resolutions to um, make, co uh, make 2021 a better year. Now, a lot of the things we put, I think we put a lot of things on hold this year, like I didn't deliberately set out to not do exercise. It just went on hold because of the, the lockdown. And then I never picked up the habit again. And and mass going, things like that. I think we're going to have to get back into that routine. And it's going to have to be a conscious thing because we're not in the habit of... of well, actually, that that's one of the points uh, for those who are younger. So everyone's been great with live stream, <laughs> way the future. Now we can participate. And, and it did play a, a significant role. But I... I think what's happening is that younger families realize, hey, 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 we could, <laughs> <laughs> you can watch this in your PJs. Um, and so the older people for whom it was intended are uh, back at mass. Yeah. But the younger ones, well, there's options. Do you think, I, I haven't heard of this, but um, actually I have heard of it because my own wife did the same thing. She shopped around while everything was streaming. She watched about four masses on a Sunday because she got a really interesting variety. I So I was live streaming from St. Mary's during the first few months of COVID. I was there three or four times a week helping out. Um, and I called my grandma who lives up at the entrance on the coast and told her I was doing it and said, you should check it out. And she said no because she'd found um, – someone from the Archdiocese of Bombay or something, and she really liked that priest. Uh, <laughs> so she was doing that. I said, I, the Archbishop's going to be today. It'll be a good homily. No, I'm all right. I'll wait and uh, I'll watch my one. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> so, well, I mean, and that meant, I wonder if that's going to translate into, it was just a curiosity thing on a screen, or if it's going to translate into people trying out a different parish. Well, it's, it has, it has, um, <laughs> it, it's, it has led to, a greater appreciation of the variety uh, that is out there. That's true. That's true. I, I watched some of them and went, oh, I think I'll be sticking with my parish. But um, <laughs> there's some uh, – look, I, I don't know. I think we need to form new habits in that area. And it's it, we have to – it might be wiser, at least for me, to treat it as a new habit that I'm trying to form rather than just, oh, I'll easily slip back into my old habits. 
because I don't think it has been easy for me. Um, I've started exercising again. I've started doing a whole bunch of things that I was doing, and it's hard work. All of them are hard work. And I don't know about you guys, but I have to actually limit myself to one new thing every week that I'm trying to form so, a habit. Yeah, I should do that. My problem is I tell myself on Monday I'm going to do about five new things, <laughs> yes, and, and by that. Wednesday I'm back to back to normal. Right. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's some advice going forward is one thing at a time. <laughs> well, I mean, I find myself, I find myself that I've got a certain amount of emotional energy and if I'm going to have to get out and go for a run or go for a walk or whatever I've got to do, that's my emotional energy for that, that this week. Because if I'm trying to do that and diet, I end up crashing hard on one of them. <laughs> if I'm trying to do that and introduce a new, new part of my prayer regime or something, can't do it. I just... And there's a certain amount of effort involved and motivation that I have. And it's it's like I've got a coin each week. This is what you can spend. I've got to do that. Well, this week I'm going to do this. And when I've done this for this for a couple of weeks, I'm pretty happy with that. Now I'll go on to something else. But, but, but also accepting of the constraints. You know, there are some things that, well, know the things you can change, the things you can't change. Yep. Uh, you have to work within within that. I mean, you yep. know, you and you don't have to follow sorry if anyone's out there thinking about prayer things you don't have to follow what everyone else thinks is awesome you've got to do this you should have these protein shakes every week or you've got to absolutely pray this you know 17 week novena to what do I, I don't know I, the blessed feet a, f- a friend of mine suggested <laughs> <laughs> got to count them off on your toes um, yeah a friend of mine asked me if I had prayed the rosary and I said I haven't prayed the rosary in Yes. She said, well, I'm on three a day. Right. Said, well, I'm not going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe let's go for one. Sure. But uh, easing in um, to that point. Yeah. Look, prayer habits have always been about, it's, it's like Jesus says, that we are not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is for us. It's supposed to bring us closer to God. And if, if a particular prayer allows us to express our relationship with Christ properly, then that's great. And if someone has a novena that goes for 17 weeks or something, and that's an expression of their devotion and intense desire for God to intervene in some way in their life, that's fantastic. But to impose it as if this is going to, it's like a magical spell that's going to magically transform you into a, you know, a greater lover or something. It's like saying to a husband, you know, if you say this line every day to your wife, your your marriage will magically transform. no. You've got to actually have a heart to change and you've got to actually do the... You've just well, pa- pa- ruined the magazine industry with that one. <laughs> of all my achievements on. this day, yeah. uh, this is the big one. If, if I have The advice pages have just been emptied. <laughs> if, well, surely they've got makeup left. No, but... It, <laughs> It, it is. It is. It is very much a question of cor- corresponding to to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. So, to the extent that we live out uh, the life of the gospel or follow Jesus Christ in these ways, yeah. then you 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 start to get a more of a co natural kind of understanding of where where Jesus is coming from, and yep. and you spontaneously raising your heart and your mind to the Lord and, and asking for things and trying to live out God's will. Yeah. Well, if you're if I'm in love with my wife and I make that a priority in my life, then of course I'm going to talk to her more. And I'm going, but I might need some practice on how to talk to her in constructive ways, in ways which my compliments actually come through to her in the way I intended them to, and that any criticisms are done as gently as possible. All those kinds of things need to be worked on, but the the frequency and the 
the genuineness of our communication, it comes from the love that I feel for her. And so if we're concentrating on loving God, then the mode of our love can be expressed in all kinds of different ways. Uh, it, we don't magically make it. Um, well, uh, well, when it comes to prayer, I mean, it, it is a relationship. Yeah. And, and I think that's why contemplative prayer or mental prayer is, is the most confronting part of that. You can pray as many rosaries as you like, but you could be thinking of something quite opposed to the will of God. Um, it's set and forget. Whereas in contemplative prayer, you are before the Lord, your heart's open, yep. and it's really confronting because <laughs> either I'm on track or I'm not, and it's evident. There's something about getting distracted during prayer, and then you sort of catch yourself and like, I was just saying that to God. Like, <laughs> I'm still here. Like it's still happening. <laughs> well, but I used to have. I mean, I had it. I grew up a brethren, and their prayer is their anti liturgy, but they were very formulaic prayer, very formulaic. And so I just couldn't stop myself from speaking in formulas. And I just could. So a spiritual director gave me advice that sit in the car and talk as if you're driving with Jesus. Now, it sounds very irreverent, but I was just talking. And it, it was still, it, it's only one form of prayer, but it basically me, allowed me to say some things outside of the formulas. And then I realized how valuable the formulas are that the church has handed down to us, that there are very important uh, aspects to those formulas which reawaken a part of my relationship with God there. There's some wisdom in it. And there are, and I'm not having a go at people who pray novemas, and I'm not having a go at all this. Um, all those kinds of forms of prayer because they have preserved families in the faith and that the fact that we have sh formulas helps us share prayer so that we're not... That, that reminds me of an episode of the Lutheran satire about creeds. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, because <laughs> the whole point, they, they say, oh, we don't do the creed, you know, the Apostles' Creed, Nicene Creed. And then, but as it turns out, everything they do is in fact a creed. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you can tell, if you, I mean, we're getting off track here, but you can tell what people actually believe by walking in and looking at their architecture, how the church is set up. Who is it? What is it they worship? What's front and center? What's the focus of, the, of their so-called worship service? Is it the guy with the mic, um, you know, showboating in his nice suit or, or his neat casual or is it the band? Is that the focus of the thing? In Catholic Church, the focus is the altar and, and the, the tabernacle, please God. And the bands are generally speaking, the choirs are off to the side, not to distract from that, to lift us into that the contemplation. But uh, when I was watching online, I, I confess I strayed into many, many different forms of uh, Sunday worship. Um, I have some relatives who, uh, who work in other churches, and that was an interesting interesting thing to watch how they focus their worship. But these things are supposed to help us. So what about church services on New Year's? How do we feel about that? Because I know that church, my local church offers a, a kind of a New Year's Eve. Well, well, the 1st of January is, of course, the divine maternity. Yes, yes. But that's, so that's, that's, a, that's a standard mass during the day, though, isn't it? Well, you could celebrate. Now, I'm talking about people who have a specifically targeted New Year's Eve mass. Because uh, 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 you've never heard of this. Uh, 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 uh. I mean, there, there is a custom in Europe where you have, uh, and like in, it's a little bit in Italy, but in Spain, so Christmas Eve, yep. you have a big meal, all the family. So we have Sunday lunch, where you right. have you know, the Christmas lunch. For them, it's Christmas Eve, and all the, everyone has to be around for that. And that's Noche Buena. Right. And then for New Year's Eve, you do it all over again, and that's Noche Vieja. 
Okay. And but but we used to have in the seminary, so we'd have the big meal, but then we would celebrate with the mass at uh, at midnight. Right. But I I think that was probably more for the seminary than yeah. Anything. But I've been in masses where people said you've got to come. This is the first thing you do in the new year. It's awesome. It's really pious, and I'm sitting I'm sitting in the mass, hearing the the fireworks go off, thinking, um, okay, is this? Am I supposed to be feeling like I'm? I'm not like all those heathens out there doing, but having fun. I'm actually being biased. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Well, we we never did New Year's Eve mass growing up. Uh, New Year's Eve is my dad's birthday, so we would always do dinner or something for my dad's birthday. Right. And actually, it's funny you mentioned the, the fireworks. Until I was about ten, I was convinced that the fireworks were for my dad, <laughs> um, and he did nothing to try to. <laughs> Change my mind on that, um, because we'd have we'd have dinner and then the nine o'clock fireworks would be on TV and people would be letting them off around the neighbourhood. And your dad's a at a, at a young age, I said to him, <laughs> "What are they for?" And he must have said, "They're for me," um, or, or somebody else did. And it was I was ten or eleven, and I told a friend, and they looked at me like I was an idiot. And I turned around to dad and I said, "It is right." And then, yeah, the truth. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so, we, we spend a lot of. I mean, I'm. This is going to get me in trouble again. I'm not, I don't mind watching fireworks, but the millions of dollars, is it ten, tens of millions of dollars that are spent on them each year, you think? When you combine all the well, my, my main gripe is with the, 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 the television it. commentary around the fireworks. Oh. <laughs> well, see, that's, that's just drivel. If they've spent two cents on those actors, they should send them away. But in terms of the actual fireworks, because that's real money, uh, I think there's so many things we could do with that. We're, we're, we've got people who are well, I mean, genuinely in need. There is an argument to be made for you know, it's a, it's a public event and we, yep. we're celebrating it as a community and everything. But sure. um, that said, I think I agree with you. <laughs> I think when you, the fireworks are nice and everything, but when you take into account everything else that happens, people are fighting over spots and yeah. um, there's police out and about. So we, we need virtual reality goggles. Or, or even, or even augmented reality goggles, and we very, all we all look out over the humble very the augmented reality. Twenty twenty codes, we all yeah. put VR on. Actually, look, that could be done. I mean, <laughs> I play a number of online games, and they actually have the fireworks go off in the games on the time that at yeah. the time. But I'm, I'm not against a celebration. I think, and I think Catholics should be in favour of celebration. Our Lord, one of His first miracles, and John was the um, the Cana. party, the wedding at Cana, more wine. We're not drunk enough. So, where, where, is Cana the one in Israel or Lebanon or which which Cana? <laughs> let's, let's stick with the story. <laughs> so the um, the partying thing is an absolutely a good thing, but it's always done, and there's no problem spending money on you know getting a decent party going. But it, it seems a disproportionate amount to blow on just that moment, and it seems to be more from the from the city's perspective. It seems to be more that it makes Sydney a tourist attraction. Because it's one of the first in the world. Well, well that's it, it yeah. On. And it would be the same in New Zealand, I yeah. presume, that we're the first ones doing it. Um, and, and then, you know, the big brother comes in and does it better oh, uh, in Sydney. Oh, um, oh, And <laughs> no, no, no trans-Tasman travel bubble for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I was invited anyway. So. There you go. <laughs> All right. On that note, we probably should start to wrap it up, I think. <laughs> Do you want to um, perhaps... Let, lead out with a, a New Year's resolution we think that Sydney people should have. Sydney people should have. Mm. Sydney people should make a real effort to get back out there. I think the city's already picking up, but right. get back out there, see people, 
Um, be sensible. Be, be responsible, be sensible, but start seeing people again. Let's get yeah. back to normal. We're, um, we need that community. Feel yeah. Again. What do you think? Get to mass and bring a friend. Get to mass and bring a friend. I think a lot of people have had some time to think about their mortality and about life, the universe and everything. That's not a bad idea. I'd say rediscover hope and joy in things that when you come outside, smell the roses and um, actually rediscover the things that really matter. So horrible advice for anyone with hay fever. But. <laughs> Okay. Well, for those of you without hay fever, perhaps all the ones we have to be inclusive, Pete. Virtual reality. There you go. That's it for this week's podcast and for this year. If today's discussion or anything this year got you thinking or arguing with your podcast device, let us know. Subscribe, drop us a line, give us a review, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Discord. But most of all, have a great New Year's Eve celebration and a good New Year. That's all for now. Thank you for listening to this Catholic Life.